All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Woodwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Man with freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to the Spoken Spoken. This is the Spoken Podcast here with your host, Lance Twidwell, inside the KC Beard Co. Studios with my guys, Eddie Ortiz yo, yo, yo. and Trevor Twidwell. What's going on? Episode 15 is now here. We have been uh, gearing up for this one for quite some time, and uh, I'm going to talk to you guys about some stuff at the very end of the show about what we want to try to transition into uh, as this podcast continues. So we're going to get to that, but there's so much to talk about today, and it's primarily because of the NBA Finals being in full swing now that uh, Game 1 has come and gone. And uh, I would say, without a doubt, last night's game definitely showed us a lot about both teams. Granted, I don't think that this series has even taken shape, but I do think that it showed us that the Raptors are not afraid of the Warriors. I definitely think it showed that, although I think the Warriors are still the best team in the NBA, and it's not close with or without KD, they did miss KD last night. Mm -hmm. And it also showed one thing about the Raptors that I will give them a lot of praise about, even when Kawhi Leonard doesn't have a great game, which he did not have a great game at all last night. A decent fourth quarter, but yeah, decent overall quarter. game, yeah, not yeah, great. Overall yeah. game, he did not play well, and Siakam stood up and, st- and, and stood out amongst the rest of them and saved them and gave them a game one victory. It kind of looked like Kawhi was kind of trying to get the other guys involved, though. We've seen that with LeBron before in the past, you know, kind of being passive in game one, trying to get his guys confident, you know. So that's kind of what it seemed like. It was, it was just, it was a, I'll be honest, guys, it was very shocking because even though, KD and Boogie. Uh, Boogie played a little bit, but even yeah. though even though KD wasn't going to be there, we knew he wasn't going to be. I still felt like the Warriors were going to go in there and take care of business, mm. and I was wrong. With- having having said that, having said that, uh, I'll give the Raptors all their praise. I, at the same time, I don't want to sit here and be the ones that are be someone who is a victim of um, the situation of the current moment. Because although I do want to give the Raptors credit for what they did last night. I fully anticipate the Warriors are still going to win this series and win it quickly. Mm. And there's a couple reasons why I want to get you guys' thoughts on this. If you watched that game last night, you saw that the Warriors had a lot of deficiencies. They were not shooting well. They were sluggish. Even though Steph Curry had a really good game, you never really felt like the Warriors were at their best. Yet they were still within striking distance, even beside the fact that that Kawhi Leonard, the best player on the court at the time, started to come alive. It still felt like the Warriors, if they turned it on, could win the game, even though they were trailing almost the entire game, it seemed. Yeah. I will say that because Kawhi didn't play well, that you have to say, well, man, the Warriors should be a little worried because he's probably not going to play that like that again. But see, I don't expect the Warriors to play like they did last night either. Again. Or Siakam to repeat that kind of exactly. performance. Exactly. Right. So, so my point is, even though I will give the Raptors credit, I do think that they made their statement but the Warriors are notorious. They're they're so notorious for this over the last five seasons that once you think you've popped them in the mouth mm. and that you've got them down, yeah, the, they come in here and they whoop that yeah, ass. Yeah, the Blazers found that out that whole last year. That's exactly my point. When <laughs> they I had like saw like twenty point yes. leads, seventeen point leads, like heading into the fourth, right, and then like eight minutes go by and they're down by ten. The it's Clippers, like, what the hell happened? The Clippers <laughs> come back and win that big game against yeah. them in the first round. We're thinking, whoa, there's something wrong with the Warriors. They didn't lose yeah. another game for like two weeks. Yeah, that's my point is that I think that the Warriors are showing look. And if you saw Steph Curry's face after the game, 
He's smiling. He's walking off, telling Draymond to leave Drake alone because there's no reason to be you know bothered by a fan because that's what Drake is. Just let him be a fan. Let him do his thing. Don't be so distracted. He had by to cover that. up. He had to cover up his Katie and Steph <laughs> tattoos. <laughs> right. That armband. Yeah. But I want to get your guys' thoughts on that. What what do you, what is your thoughts on this series right now? Or what are you expecting going down the stretch in this series? I expect uh, Golden State to adjust. Uh, obviously, the game plan that they had come up with wasn't wasn't working. Uh, we all knew Toronto had defense, but the way they played yesterday, they they I mean they played really tight. It, it, it was it was a good game. It was a close game like overall. Uh, but I, I think when Boogie Cousins came into the game, I I saw the difference. The the game the the Warriors game became slower for sure. More of a half court offense. Yes, he was mm-hmm. slowing them down dramatically, and he was coming in, and people were just taking him, tearing him apart, and he just kept fouling because that was the only way he could stop him. Well, and I was so, trying to tell you guys too about him and Marcus All. That's a it's a good matchup. Yes, Marcus All has matchup. actually owned him plenty of times in the yeah. past. So yeah, so it was it was really good seeing. Uh, uh, I mean, the whole entire game. Uh, Steph Curry, obviously, it took uh, took a little bit of him to wake up as well. Klay Thompson was struggling really bad. Uh, Draymond Draymond Green was struggling. He had Drake getting into his head. So I, I don't know if Drake had something to do with Draymond Green, but I know <laughs> he was struggling. I know he. Uh, I think Lance told me earlier today he got a triple double. He did, but but yeah. it was a not not a significant triple. It, it was, was like, a 10, uh, 10, 10 triple yeah, doubles. Like so, it was a typical Draymond Rajon Rondo. Like yeah, a Rajon like, Rondo. Style. Yeah. So I mean. Overall, I think it was a good game. Uh, I, I think Golden State will adjust on game two, and I, I, I honestly think they will beat that ass. Yeah, and and, and here's another thing. I, I did want to look this up, and I found it. Um, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green combined for 10 of 26 from the field yeah. last night. <clears throat> I don't think that's going to happen again. I think you're going to get a lot more efficient buckets from Draymond Green. I think you're going to see Clay Thompson hitting the outside jump shot, which he hasn't done consistently in these playoffs, but he is bound to catch his rhythm. He's too great of a shooter. The one concern I will say, though, going forward, more than even Kevin Durant right now, because he will play in this series eventually. That's what it <clears> sounds <throat> like. Yeah, is Andre Iguodala now? Because it sounds like he might miss a game. Oh, the calf. Right. Yeah. So, and he he wasn't playing very well, at least offensively last night. Um, I, I do think though, losing him, period, will be a, a significant drop off for the for the Warriors. My thing is this: as long as they have Stephen Clay and Draymond, I, I'm going to give them the advantage over anybody in the league because right. that team has made five straight finals. Now, granted, Kevin Durant's been a part of the last two, mm-hmm. but the fact is that team was building a dynasty before Kevin Durant was even thought of being a warrior. So, these guys are still in their prime. I again, I'm going to give the Raptors all the credit in the world because I did not expect them to come in there and punch them in the mouth like that in Game One. But now that I've sat back and I've looked and I've thought about, it, I'm like, well. Maybe that's what the Warriors were really wanting. And I'm not giving them an excuse because they should have went out there and tried to win the game. I'm not saying they didn't, but it didn't look like they were giving it their 100%. Well, this is how I look at it. I look at it as you can look at – I see it two different ways. This could be a real push by the Raptors because I believe that the Raptors found their groove after they won four straight against the Bucs when we all thought the Bucs had the series in the the bag. Uh, I think they found their groove, and I think they figured something out. And they've obviously been on a tear. This is five straight wins now. Um, and, but, and I think it helps them that they've consistently played, you know, within a few days span, they haven't had as like what, eight day, eight or nine days off the Warriors had. So we've seen that time and time again with, with teams have that slump heading into having, you know, being in the playoffs where you're playing constantly and then having, you know, a good week and a half, almost two weeks off waiting to play your next opponent in the finals. Yeah. You're usually going to be a little lackadaisical, a little, you know, off a little bit mentally. So I don't, I don't know if they were mentally, you know, in, um, now that they kind of have a chip on their shoulder, they're down. I, I fully expect, like you said, uh, the Warriors to adjust. They're too well coached, too well 
um, team oriented. They're going to figure it out. Um, maybe Boogie doesn't play a, 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 as much this next. I mean, I know he didn't play a lot, but maybe they realize that he slows their offense down and they only play him, you know, in situational um, areas of the game. But I don't know. We'll see. I think the Raptors definitely have a chance to win this series. I'm not going to count them out. But especially I, I with do. Home court. Yes, yeah. I do. If, especially if they go up 2 0. Yeah. Um, but even if they lose this next game, they're, you know, it's series is tied. You know, just take a one game at a time. They, I mean, I don't expect the thing is with me, Siakam had a breakout game. And I don't know, offensively, he's never really been that guy. That was just kind of a kind of a anomaly type of game for him. But I like I like him a lot, but I just don't I don't expect that to continue. Yeah, the, the Raptors play so this is what saves them. And this is why I think more more than even just having Kawhi Leonard solely on their team is why they're in the finals right now. Mm. Well, two things. LeBron's no longer in the East. And two they play sound defense. I mean, they play such fundamental sound team defense, and that's why they're at where they're at. And you saw it in moments last night, but like I said, even with the Warriors struggling the way that they, they did and losing all the firepower they have over the over this stretch, they still scored 108 points. Yeah. So it's not like the Warriors can't score points. They're going to score their points. The fact, the fact is you can't be letting them get to 100, 120, 125. Because you you will not beat the Warriors if they're getting well, to this, the 120. This Raptors team is much more deep than this Warriors team is. Yes, it is. I would say and I the would Warriors say are pretty depleted this year. Yeah, the, the role part. players. Yes, their role yeah. players have been depleted for sure. Um, they got the star power is what's driven the Warriors. Uh, Kawhi is surrounded by a bunch of role players. Good shooters. Let's be honest. Yeah. Good three and D guys. Siakam, Siakam has the opportunity to be a star in this league. I don't think he's there yet. Mm. Um, he's kind of like a you know he's like I said Jay Morant. He's definitely player, a hell of a you know. defender, man. Yeah, I, I, definitely. He's like he, like I said, he's a budding star. Um, he's had a great story. You know, people didn't really right. ever give him any opportunities, Love and now look story. what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's something I want to transition to a little bit with this um, on the Warriors side. Um, and I swear this isn't a Warriors show; it's just the finals, so we have to talk about it a little bit. Oh, for sure. There, there's a there's a legacy legacy um, shifting that could potentially be happening for two players on the Warriors, and that's Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. Uh, what I mean by that is. However, this let's say let's say the Warriors win this series, and there's two different ways they can do it, with Kevin Durant, without Kevin Durant. If one of those two happen, there is a significant swing in both of their legacies. What I mean by that, and by both, I mean Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. Let's say Kevin Durant does not play for the rest of the series, or at all, right? And or plays just a little bit, but he's very ineffective. And the Warriors win. Steph Curry's legacy absolutely skyrockets because the record of them, I think they have a 930 win percentage without Kevin Durant in the last couple of years, the last three years. And then Steph Curry going in, let's say winning the finals MVP that would catapult his career because everyone's been saying, well, he can only beat a LeBron bad, uh, you know, battered up 2015 Cavs team. He couldn't beat him when they were at full strength, right? right? Without KD. And then yeah. KD comes and saves them for two rings. Well, and plus his, He's had some terrible performances. In yes. Show, so yes, I mean he's against never even won a Finals Dilovid, MVP against yet. Matthew Dellavedova. Yeah, this is yeah. his fifth straight Finals, and he hasn't. He's yet to win a Finals MVP. As great as a player is, that's right. crazy to think. Right. So he let's say he does that and wins this without Kevin Durant. That makes that puts him in a tier that he's not in yet, at least in most people's eyes. And but you know, you know he wants that. And and let's say let's say let's swing it on the other side though. Let's say Kevin Durant comes back in the series and let's wherever the wherever the series is at at that time. He comes in here and finishes it up, and they destroy him. And, and yeah, and, and and they look like a completely different team, which could very well happen. That that swings Steph Curry's legacy down, yeah. and that puts Kevin Durant see, in that upper tier. See, I think that's like that's fun to talk about, but I think that's just more of a a fan type of way of looking. I don't think those guys really 
care about that that much. No, but a, a topic just, of discussion we have no, a lot no, of times, I, like greatest players of all time, right? For sure. That's going to mess with that. Yeah, for us to look at it. Yeah, it's gonna I mess. See the, it's gonna I mess see with the legacy it. talk because you know Steph wants that MVP though. Well, yeah, oh yeah, exactly. that's that, that if, I can I get on board with for sure. If if the Raptors go up to and no Kevin Kevin Durant comes back, let's say Game Three, yeah, and then they win four straight after that. That means he's gonna get the Finals MVP. That, that tells <laughs> right. you that yeah, Kevin yeah, Durant yeah, for sure. They needed Kevin Durant, and without Kevin Durant, they would have lost that series. Pretty that would yeah, that's what I mean, they, that's yeah. what it would tell me. So obviously, I can see where the legacy comes into play. Yeah, to where I, okay, so I I, I can see. Steph Curry's legacy go down because Kevin Durant. If it wasn't for Kevin Durant, they would have lost the finals. I mean, look how, look mm. how many great all time players have made at least five finals. Okay, You're talking about LeBron James, Not Michael many. Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Shaq, Kobe, Tim Duncan, all those guys, right? Mm-hmm. Every single one of those guys, I think, except Scottie Pippen, who's you know notorious for being a great number two. All those other guys have been number ones. Have all won Finals MVPs at least one. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry hasn't, right? And that's the point. For me, as much as I love Steph Curry and is great, of, and I think he's the greatest shooter of all time, and I don't even think it's close. If he goes, let's say this is the last Finals appearance he ever has in his career. Okay, let's say this he's had five. That's a lot. Okay, getting to five Finals is a lot, let alone consecutively. And he never wins a Finals MVP. That is a hit on his, yeah, his, his legacy, chance, especially his, his yeah, but you know, especially when KD comes into his town yeah. and gets a couple of them. You know what I mean? So go yeah, ahead. His, no, I'm saying his best chance to, of winning that Finals MVP was 2015. And and Iggy obviously got it because he LeBron should have got he it. Held, let's be honest he held LeBron here. LeBron to twenty eight points. I hate that they give. <laughs> I hate that they give it to uh, the winning team no matter what. Like LeBron, yeah. like last year's finals, LeBron should have won MVP. Yeah, I mean the, the Cavs are a lottery team. If he wasn't even on that roster, they made the finals. Mm. Then you go into twenty fifteen. You have Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving out. They go to six games with a team that won sixty seven games that year. Right. Had no with business. the MVP. You know what I mean? With their home court advantage, you still push a game six. LeBron's averaging 36, 13, and eight in that series. Mm. He should have won finals MVP. The point, though, is is that Steph Curry has not made enough impact, enough consist- consistently oh, yeah, yeah. in the finals to put himself in that echelon. He's got to do that now. He played yeah. very well last night. He played like an MVP last yes. night. 34 points. Yeah. I think it was like five, six assists, four or five rebounds. He had a full game. But numbers are numbers. We've all heard fans you know, go that route. You know, Numbers don't mean anything if you don't get the dub. So. If like you said, if KD comes in, even if even if Steph outscores KD, but they start they sweep the rest of the series when KD comes back, it's going to be good because of KD's presence. And it I, absolutely, and I, yeah. Is. And it's the optics, it's the fan optics of it all. And I wonder. I mean, I agree with you as far as looking at it from the outside. I just don't know. I mean, maybe KD, he's the petty one, so he, I could see him definitely, uh, you know, making that a thing. But I just don't. Th- I don't know if those guys really think about that inside the locker room. Oh, I don't think they do either. I mean, at least yeah. not out like and they're maybe, not spoken you know, about maybe it. Maybe when they're home, sitting at home, yeah. you know, having a drink or something. Like, these guys Damn. got ego. They got ego. For sure. Let's be honest. For they sure, got for ego. Sure. But, and, and we but would if you too. get that hardware, I don't really. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're a world famous athlete. Yeah. And you have one of the greatest right next to you. you can't I mean, Dwayne Wade and LeBron did it. I guarantee you Kobe and Shaq did. That's probably why they ended their relationship. Michael and Scotty, I'm sure they had a little bit of it. Regardless, Steph's going to go down as, if not the best point guard, you know, top two, top three point guard of all time with multiple rings, Hall of Famer, first ballot. You know, it's, <laughs> it's yeah. It's, have, it's hard for me to make a list of point guards better than Steph Curry right No, now. I mean. I mean, you want to put Magic Johnson up there, that's fine. But, like, if I feel like if you put Magic Johnson amongst the point guards, you kind of have to put LeBron there too because they're both 6'9 guys that were – just position. They were point forward. They're positionless. They were point forward. You know, what than, yeah, yeah, but like yeah. LeBron's never really had a solidified position. He's yeah. a six eight, two hundred and fifty pound man. Always usually ran point. That can do all five positions. At least in his prime, he has. Right. Um, but another side of this is um, Kawhi Leonard, and I think this is honestly 
and it follows through with Kawhi's career, how underrated this storyline is. Because I don't think it's so solidified that he's going to stay in Toronto. In fact, I feel very confident in saying that I believe he will be out of Toronto after this year. And the reason why is, and everybody goes, well, that's crazy. Like Eddie and I talked earlier. It's crazy that he would leave Toronto if they just made the finals. This is why. And it's a multitude of reasons. He could make more money if he stayed in Toronto, just like he could have made more money if he stayed in San Antonio. And my point is, is that I don't think that money is everything to Kawhi. I don't want to speak for him because the dude don't even speak for himself. Yeah. But if I'm looking at his tendencies, I don't think it's money that drives him as much, especially when you consider he signed with freaking New Balance. Um, <laughs> so there's that. And then the second fact is, I don't think that he likes the idea of playing with this team long term. Because if you look at the roster as it's currently constructed, yes, they're in the finals right now. But I think it also has a lot more to do with the Bucks not being ready than the Raptors being so great. I think the Raptors are a really good team. Yeah. But if LeBron would have stayed in the East, I don't think the Raptors are in the finals right now. If the Bucs no. were another year ahead, I don't think the, the Raptors are in the finals right now. They had that perfect slot. It was kind of like the Rockets back in the 90s or the or the Knicks in the 90s where yeah. the Bulls took a year off. And, oh, we get this year. You know what I mean? That's how yeah. I feel like the Raptors are I don't. I mean, I know they've been to several Eastern Conference finals, and I'll give them that. But I don't think that they're a perennial championship contender after the season. When you look at the roster with Marcus Saul being, what, 33, 34 years old, Danny Green's in his 30s now. I mean, Siakam's young, but see, I don't think that Siakam is a guy that's going to be able to convince uh, Kawhi Leonard to stay in Toronto. Like, hey, we have a Siakam. I don't yeah. think he's that good. I don't think yeah, he's yeah. that great to be there. And, and and Van Fleet and these other guys, like they're dudes that I think are just going to bounce around the league eventually. So if you're asking me, I don't think very confidently that Kawhi Leonard's going to stay in Toronto. What do you guys think about well, that? Well, and plus the fact that they've been they've been one of the best teams in the league all year long. They're in the finals right now, and there's been no nothing, no coverage or no no quotes, nothing all year from Kawhi or his camp about him signing long term, sticking around long term, what his plan is. You know, there's been questions like that, but they, you never heard anything from him. So that's that's where I stand. I mean, I, I I would not be surprised if he's gone. I know he's he's made it very clear. If anything, he's made clear. He's made it clear he would like to play in L.A. You know, whether it's Clippers or Lakers. I know he's there's been speculation that he doesn't want to play with LeBron. Whatever, it is what it is. I just I he's made it. If anything, we know him. He know we know he doesn't want to play. He didn't want to play with the Raptors. That's just where he was sent. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if they win the finals, that could definitely that that could change some things emotionally for him. It's hard to win a championship and walk away. From a team. We, it, it's hard. You I mean, can say player, that, but he he won a couple, or he won, at least went to a few and won one in San Antonio. I mean, how many times have we, have we ever seen in the NBA, especially a star-driven league like this, and he's one of these stars, somebody be the guy of a franchise, become the face of the franchise, win a title, and then walk away? Nope. I don't think we've ever seen that happen nope. before. I, I, yeah. I, that's, you know what I mean? That's what makes me kind of like think. Especially if, in their prime. If they win, yeah. you know what I mean? I, I think win or lose for Kawhi, I, I honestly think that he's going to stay as a Raptor. Yeah. Uh, it fits I, him. I can see him. Uh, yeah. yeah, he he is the that man. franchise yeah, kind of fits him. That's his franchise. Yeah, you yeah. Know, like that's kind of like the odd franchise of the NBA. They're from Canada, so it's kind of like the oddball. Just like he is, he's mm. kind of odd. He's an odd person, even more than Vince Carter and, was, because they were good, but they weren't this yeah, good. They, you know, yeah, what I mean? exactly. So I, I feel like he's he's gonna do the same thing. PG PG thirteen did. Uh, a lot of people. A lot of people, he's a different guy, man. Including Lance uh, had PG thirteen in LA, but. And, yeah. and I and I told Lance many times like he's not leaving he's staying in in Oklahoma City is worked out and yep. and, and I think I, I think uh, I mean you guys joke around but I mean that that's where he feels more comfortable in 
maybe he loves LA or whatever, but I think he feels more comfortable in OKC. Yeah. Same for Kawhi. He he might love LA. He I think he's an LA boy, but he might feel comfortable where he's at right now, and he just maybe doesn't want to leave. He always looks uncomfortable, it, it, so I'm never going to say Kawhi looks comfortable. <laughs> I would say the big the, here's the biggest difference though between these situations because I, I find it hard to draw parallels between these two. Yeah. Simply because of the fact that PG was staying because he had a superstar talent next to him. And Steven Adams. Like, let's let's be honest here. The 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 Thunder situation, although they haven't been to the finals and the and the and the Raptors have, I do think that Paul George stayed because there's more talent around him than Kawhi. Because Kawhi was traded to the right. Raptors. It was, That's a, a it was difference. against his will. Yeah. It wasn't like he but chose the Raptors. And I, and and him staying there would be different because he would be choosing to stay to a team he got traded to, whereas Paul George you know, decided, hey, you know, I'm going to stay here for good. And that's what he wanted to well, do. Paul George got traded to OKC. So I, I, I get that, but I'm saying but that's the, the situations are different because he got traded to a team with another superstar. Yeah, but I'm saying Kawhi, he, he is more of the, the face of the franchise as PG-13. He is not. We obviously know Russell Westbrook is that face of that franchise, mm. like it or not. We sure. all know that. Yeah. We all know that. But who West- was the MVP candidate this but year? We all, but we all know that's Westbrook's team. Even, right. if, he's the, he, even if he's the MVP – we all know that's Westbrook's team. I think it just comes yeah, down to to Kawhi because most of our decisions as human beings come down to our emotions and what we're feeling in that moment. Exactly. This is what I'm saying. Emotionally, him coming into that year being traded to, to Toronto, he's probably like, fuck, I'll just play out this year. You know, if we're good, we're good. I don't know if he expected the finals. I don't think you know, I don't know if he expected the finals. And when they picked up Marcus Saul, that was like that was kind of the move. That like kind of put them over the hump. And obviously they're in the finals right now. So emotionally, if they win the chip this year. I put myself in his shoes how I would feel. There would be no way I could walk away walk away from a team and my guys that I just want to chip with. It's like a, it becomes an emotional bond, and it's hard for me to imagine him just walking away from that. I, I get that. I do. That, yeah. I'm just saying that if you're looking at it from a business perspective, though, sure. like it was he a one did year what he thing. was supposed to do. Right. They won a championship, and he know, he owes Toronto nothing. For sure. That's why it was okay for yeah, I, LeBron to leave Cleveland or yeah, leave Miami because he did it, what I'm, he was I, supposed yeah. to do. He came right. in there, won a title, You know, did his, did his part, and those fr- those fans may not like him leaving, but the point is, is like, look, I came here, did what I needed to do. Now I'm going to go somewhere I think is a best, better fit. For me, if I'm Kawhi Leonard, I'm looking at it, I'm in the prime of my career, and I like winning. He clearly likes winning. Okay, so if I'm gonna, if I'm looking at it from a winning perspective, why would I stay in Toronto when the rest of the nucleus around me is either a young budding guy, a young budding star that may be something really good like Siakam, but we're not 100 percent sure yet, and then a bunch of aging veterans. Yeah. That is not a free agent destiny. People are not signing up to go to Toronto. That's just not how it goes. Yeah. And that's okay. So they're getting their opportunity to win now. I think once they, if they do inevitably win this series, if they do, regardless, they're in the finals. So they got to be, you know, grateful for what they got. Then he gets to move on. I think I, I feel very good that he is going to move on from this. And I, I don't know where he's going to go. I think it's probably going to be a West Coast team. I don't know who it's going to be. I'm just saying that I, I don't I don't anticipate him staying in that market with that aging team around him. And to be honest with you, all credit to Nick Nurse, we still don't know how great of a coach he is mm. because we've seen bad coaches make it to the finals before because they had great players. He's had a good job. He's done a good job to this point. Yeah, I, I will mean, give him that. But we don't know for sure what Nick winning Nurse five is. straight games is quite a yes. an accomplishment. And he obviously has his guys in the right mentality. I'm going to give him credit. I'm going to give him enough credit, but we've also seen David Blatt in the finals. So let's, let's be real here. Okay. Let's just, let's just be honest. So, um, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Kawhi getting out of uh, Toronto after the series, win or lose. You guys think this is gonna, gonna probably such, stay? This is, is gonna be. We, we thought this past off season was so crazy. This next off season is. Gonna oh yeah, be you got Kyrie Irving, Jimmy lose, Butler, yeah. Anthony yeah. Davis. Win or lose, I think he is staying in Toronto. Okay. Fine. Yeah. That's fair enough. Well, we'll leave our NBA talk there. Um, like I said, I, I feel like every time we talk about, it, we can go on forever because there's just so much to talk about, regardless fun, of the time man. of year. Yeah, uh, we can talk about you know what the Lakers are going to do next, which I do have some theories on that. But we'll talk about that another time. We're going to get back to some. We're going to get to rather some Chiefs news and some Chiefs uh, uh, topics because that's what we'd like to talk about the most here. So when we get back to that. Well, when we get back, we're going to talk about Patrick Mahomes and is there a chance that he regresses from 2018? We'll get back to that after this. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed clothing and accessories with a countercultural apparel. Find them online at commandeerbrand.com or follow them at commandeerbrand on Instagram or Facebook. Casey Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide. Ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hemp Co. Back at it again for the Spoken Podcast, segment number two here in the Casey Beard Co. Studios. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here with my guys, Eddie Ortiz and Trevor Twidwell. What's cracking? So we just got done talking about the NBA Finals and what we're expecting uh, for the rest of the series, uh, what we think could happen to the legacies of Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, and where Kawhi Leonard will ultimately end up if he stays in Toronto or goes elsewhere, regardless of win or losing of the Finals. So... Uh, definitely check out that part of the podcast if you get a chance. Uh, but we're going to get right into the uh, into some Chiefs talk. Been a little bit of a slower week, I would say, when it comes to Chiefs news. There hasn't really been a lot of moving parts. There hasn't really been any news on Chris Jones. Uh, obviously, he's not going to be at OTAs. He wasn't at OTAs rather. And I really don't. I really don't expect him to be at uh, uh, mandatory mini camps in June when that comes about, unless they have a contract to sign. Really? I told you earlier, Eddie, I, I really don't expect him to be here until he gets paid. And, and, I mean, I don't blame him. No, I, I, I don't. I, I, and and I, if I I'm Chris Jones, I'm doing the same thing. Exactly. I'm not blaming him. It's business. I want to see you guys get paid. I know Did people are like, well, you got to be with your new team. I would love him to be there for the new scheme, to get integrated with the new players, new pieces, new coaching staff. I get all of that. But at the end of this day, this guy needs to get paid. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw his uh, – he he posted on Twitter it was a couple of, yesterday, I think it was yeah. – uh, that uh, this is going to be his greatest year. Yeah. So hey, he's, he's selling uh, himself. He's, he's like, you know, he, it is contract. Uh, I mean, the, last year was his contract year, and if yeah. they don't sign, he's going to get paid. We cannot afford to let to play games. No, this is a, this is our window. Our window is, is never going to be more open than this, as far as that we can see in the for future, foreseen future. This right now is the year we got to do it. So I mean, there's no is, way we can not pay. He him. is hanging out with Le'Veon Bell. Uh, I don't know if he's <laughs> right. a bad influence right now or not. But. Uh, that's probably a good influence, to be honest. With yeah. you. The dude needs his money. He deserves every we penny. Don't, we don't need Chris Jones to do exactly what Le'Veon Bell did. But. Oh no, that would suck. Let's, yeah. let's be well, honest. That would here. suck. But I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't think I would blame. Him I don't either, anticipate well, that's what, what, the happen. difference between him and what Le'Veon Bell did. Is Le'Veon Bell is a running back? Yeah, well, no, running yeah, backs I, I are some of the most expendable roles in the NFL right now. The way offenses are set up now, running backs, we've seen third round, fourth round oh, running backs I know, I coming get in. I get you know, it. Kareem Hunt, for a instance. A year ago, did you think Damian Williams would be a premier exactly. running back on a no, team that's a Super Bowl favorite? You can plug damn near any running back in this league <laughs> in this offensive scheme. Damian Williams, a premium running back on a Super Bowl favorite. Like, he was the third yeah. He was the third guy on the, in Miami. Right. You know, and behind and behind Kenyon Drake. Who I like Kenyon Drake, but behind Kenyon Drake and who other guy was. But yeah, he was third on the Chris Jones won't be 25 until July 3rd. Exactly. 
Um, extremely young, never missed a game. We can go through this whole thing again. The I, point I, is, I think it's June first. Once June first, get the Chiefs get that extra money. I think that's and outside that's of quarterback, happen. that the most expensive guys should be your pass rushers and your your edges and your guys up the middle. Those it's gonna be the guys that hit the quarterback are the second most important guys to the quarterback. So yes. yeah, you pay the man. Yeah. So Chris, I fully expect him to be be paid. Absolutely. I don't know when that's gonna be. But like I said earlier, or on the podcast last week, I do believe the Chiefs are very calculated with their decision making. Um, they've been very by the book with what they're doing with Tyree Hill. Uh, they're doing. I think it's going to be no different with Chris Jones. They know what they have in him, and they know that they did not go and sign Frank Clark and trade for Frank Clark to not pair him up with Chris Jones. That would just yeah, make that no would, sense. Absolutely, whatsoever. like I said that last week, yeah. it doesn't make any damn sense to it, let yeah, him walk. It, it just right. it makes no like, sense at all. Yeah. So what you would do instead is you would maybe sign D Ford to a short term deal, then go get Frank Clark with more picks. And then try to pair them up together, right, right? As opposed to getting rid of all those other guys, changing the scheme, and then saying, "Oh yeah, Chris Jones, you're gone too." Yeah, like that is. Right. So let's get to uh, let's get to something about Patrick Holmes because obviously we love talking Patty. Um, there's been a lot of talk over the last couple of weeks um, about Patrick Mahomes and what we anticipate to see from him in 2019. Um, without question, Patrick put himself in a in a really special place where the expectations. I don't know if you can make them higher than what they than what he delivered last year. Um, it, I think it is insanely ridiculous to expect him to overextend himself and make better make a better statistical season than what he did in 2018. In 2019, um, could it happen? Yes, I do believe that Patrick is that good, and I do believe that Andy Reid would set him up for that type of success. Having said that, if we're being realistic right now, I don't anticipate that Patty's going to have 5,050 next no, year. No, I don't expect him to to have you know six touchdown games on a normal basis where it's, it's weird probable. if he doesn't throw a touchdown right. in a game. He doesn't have to. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't anticipate that for yeah for a myriad of reasons. The biggest one is I think the defense will be better, and I do think that there will be more of a complementary style of football being played in Kansas City because right. Patty even said himself in recent interviews that. He knows that he needs to quit trying to play hero ball all the time. Focus on efficiency. Focus on efficiency. Yep. Take take what the defense gives you instead of trying to always create. I love the creativity. Don't get me wrong. I love that we got a gunslinger in the backfield. Right. At the same time, as you progress in your career and as you've given them a lot of film study and as your defense is getting, getting better, you need to start trusting your defense. I get why he didn't last year because the defense was absolute shit. Yeah. Well, we as know Eddie now, says, we know it was now. a shit. Yeah, we know but, now that he has the intangibles. We know now that he has the intangibles, and now just focus on the fundamentals, right? And get that down. So. The, the problem, though, is is that people are talking about this regression. And at first, I thought they were talking about the, the stats. Dirty word. Yeah, I, I thought they were talking about just his statistics, which mm-hmm. I would agree with. I think that there will be a regression yeah. in his numbers, but this idea that there could be a regression from him as a player is what I'm not computing, honestly, in myself. And I, and I don't, I don't have the quotes in front of me, but I, mm-hmm. I have heard people what on ESPN fu- and a couple other people that have talked about it about. You know, be in, be anticipate, anticipating Patrick not playing as well as he did in 2018, <laughs> and I and I'm trying to understand it because I really am. I really am. I'm trying to be open minded about this. It, yes, you did give up a lot of film. You have a full season now where defenses can study you. They also had a lot of film on Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers and Dan Marino and Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Joe Montana and all these other great quarterbacks that we've seen. And yes, I am putting Patrick's name in that Jay mix Cutler. because you know why? Stop. I, I am putting Patrick Mahomes' name in that mix because he's had yeah. a season that most of those guys never dreamed of having. So I'm going to put him in that category right now. The leagues have had multiple years and decades to film or to, to study on these great quarterbacks, yet they always seem to be consistently amazing. Mm. So I'm not going to sit here and and believe this hype that Patrick Mahomes is all of a sudden just going to regress as a player because of the fact that the league has seen him now. I don't think that's how this is going to work. 
especially when you consider the fact of how much talent he has around him still. The fact that he's, in my opinion, only going to get better at football because he was essentially in his rookie season last year. And the fact that he has a solidified coaching staff. See, people forget this. Last year, the Chiefs did not lose anybody of value on the coaching staff. Mm -hmm. They actually gained guys. Brennan Daly, Spagnolo. They kept Eric Bieniemy. They still have Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. They got better as a coaching staff. That's the thing right there is they have Andy Reid still. Yes. Right. So so your your coaches have got better, and that is huge for a young developing quarterback, which Patrick Mahomes actually is. Mm-hmm. He is a, still a developing quarterback. So I don't get where this ideology comes from that or this thought process that he could actually regress. Could it happen? I'll entertain it and say that there's a possibility. I don't see what he's given us that would make us think that. Can you? you no, guys, no, we've you know, never seen that? it before. And I've had this discussion with people online, you know, trolls and obviously Raider, Chargers, Denver fans, so on. The fans that are in denial of what they've seen so far, they call that an anomaly season. You can call it what you want. I do think his numbers are going to go down, but let's take 15, 16, 17 touches, touchdowns away from him. Let's take 1,000, 1,500 yards away from him. We're talking about Andrew Luck numbers. We're talking Russell Wilson numbers. Drew Brees. Drew Brees numbers. A lot of Peyton Manning. Aaron Rodgers numbers. A lot of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, let's, let's, let's let him regress that much. Those are still Hall of Fame numbers. Those are still winning numbers. So, I mean, yeah, if there's going to be regression, sure. But, I mean, let's not sit here and act like the guy isn't the new standard now. Right. Well, so. this, is, this is the funny thing about it. I, I actually looked this up. Um, quarterbacks that have thrown for at least 38 touchdowns in this league in a single season 20 times. Right. Quarterbacks that have thrown for at least 40 touchdowns in a single season, 13 times. So even if Patty was to do that, let's never, say he only throws done, for, never done in the first year starting. Yeah, year. let's never. say let's say let's say in year three, Patty goes for 38 touchdowns. He's done something only 20 other quarterbacks have ever done. Right. Let's say he throws for 40 touchdowns. He's doing something only 13 other quarterbacks have ever mm-hmm. done in a hundred years. That's my point. About thir- about three percent of the history of the league is ever done. Exactly. <laughs> it's crazy. And, and, and if people want to talk about this anomaly anomaly bullshit, yeah. Okay, there have been three quarterbacks now that have ever thrown for 50 touchdowns in a single season. Which one of those guys had anomaly seasons? Because I can only name you three of them. It was Peyton Manning, uh, Peyton Manning, uh, Tom Brady, and now Patrick Mahomes. Mm. So the odds are actually in his favor that he's actually going to be great mm-hmm. because he's doing things that only two other quarterbacks have done, and they're the two greatest quarterbacks that we've ever seen. Yeah. So my point is, I think we need to give him a little bit of credit here because although, yes, it has only been one season – what he did in his first season, most young quarterbacks couldn't do in two or three. Right. Like as great of a season as Baker Mayfield had, Baker Mayfield had 23 fewer touchdowns than Patrick Mahomes last year. Well, he didn't start till week what? week three. Week three. Was it week? Yes, three? in the middle of the Jets game on Monday. I think it was Monday Night Football. I thought it was late. It was yeah, yes. Okay. Week three. Uh, uh, what's his name? Got hurt. Uh, um, hey, man, Ty- Tyra Taylor. Tyra Taylor. He could have got 23 touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. in two, two and that, and a half my point is this: is that that Andrew Luck was second in the league in touchdowns and didn't even have 40. Right. Okay. That's not an anomaly. If Patrick Mahomes was out there doing things that were uh, like unorthodox, like a Tim Tebow style of, ba- of football that you can figure out within a year, right. then we can have that conversation. Well, he's out there doing things. The thing is, man, with him, he's like, I love the, I know it's cross sports and analogies and, and comparisons, but he, the, the Steph Curry comparison to him is, is spot on to me because the way Steph came in and changed the game with the long ball. And now with Pat coming in and changing the game with the no look passes and the off platform throws and the, the sidearm, you know, yeah, odd base, angle throws, you he know, brought that's, baseball to the NFL. Exactly. He brought a new vibe. I mean, I know Russell Wilson sort of kind of does that, but not with nearly as much flair. And he was always, he, obviously he didn't, he developed a lot of that too. 
um, because he was more of a pocket guy early on in his career. But but yeah, I mean, he's he's like I said, he's the new standard. Not I'm not maybe more than that. Maybe he's more than the standard. Maybe he's you know the new the new tier of elite. You know? That's what I think it's more about, right? Because you can't say like LeBron. Really LeBron the standard, like the new standard, because no one can be LeBron, right? You can't really compare what we saw yeah. from Pat. We've, and we've never seen that this. before. Yeah, we talked this before. Like Aaron Rodgers is the only one that I can really draw comparisons to, right? And I don't think Aaron Rodgers can do some of the things that Patty can. And I want to say something too. Like I, this is not when I talk about this guy, I would, I think I would be, and this is all honesty. I think I would be maybe not as hyped, but almost equally as hyped if even if he wasn't even on my team. Just me as an honest sports fan, say he was on the Jets. You know, and we had whoever, we had Baker or something. I would still say that, that what I saw from Patrick Mahomes on the Jets is some of the best thing I've ever seen as far as play from the quarterback. And I, well, shit, that's what I'm saying. I remember I, I, 2013. I don't know how anyone Peyton can deny Manning's it. on the Broncos, and I was right. loving every second oh, of it. Yeah. I hated the oh, fact yeah, he's he was on, on the my Broncos, fantasy team. I loved, but he throws for 5,400 yards and 55 right. touchdowns. Like that was the greatest yeah, season we've ever seen from a quarterback. And that's why, I, yeah, when I see these people on internet, on Facebook and Twitter and stuff, you have to appreciate greatness. As, exactly, man. And it's he's, and it's unfortunate that's where we're at. And and obviously, let's let's be real here. Like it does gonna, help that he's on our team. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. But I'm saying, like, when it comes to some of these topics, like. I don't feel like we should give it too much credence because it's it's May going into June now. Mm. Like, there's obviously talking points they're trying to create to keep things interesting and talk through the offseason because the NFL offseason is long. Mm. And I get that you got you got to have things to talk about. But if we're being honest here, if we're just going to look at it across the board right now, I don't see what Patrick Mahomes has shown us in any regard that makes you think he's going to regress as a player. Maybe right. statistically, like I said, just because of the scenario and the setup, because the team will be so much different next year that he won't have to go out there and well, throw and six want, touchdowns want, hoping to win a game. We want him to regress, though. We want his numbers to regress a little bit because that would mean our defense is better. Exactly. That would mean we're not, he's not carrying us on his back every week. Everybody talks That's about, what we want. Yeah, everybody talks about like these, these big games that they couldn't win last year. Yeah. And every single one of those games, Patrick gave them a second-half lead. Right. That's the point. Like he gave his defense his opportunity. That's why he had to score so many touchdowns right. in those big games. So if anything, if you want to say that those are reasons to worry about regression, that's actually something you should use and say that that's actually a reason for progression. Because in a year where he's still learning the game, he's putting a team full of veteran players that have played longer than he has in positions to win. His defense just couldn't give it to him. Even in the AFC championship, I get they were down what 17 zero in the first half. Mm -hmm. They ended up coming and taking the lead in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And they could not give him a victory. Yeah. That's the point, man. It's a team team game. So don't talk. Don't come to me about this regression shit because he gave me nothing. When Kareem Hunt in a week eleven is out, I think it was week eleven. Yeah, the, he yeah. goes into Oakland the two three days later. Yeah. and throws four touchdowns. I mean, I think he had two interceptions for the remainder of the season mm -hmm. without his star running back. I mean. That's the point. Without Tyreek Hill, he got Tyreek Hill had one catch in the AFC Championship. Patrick has over three hundred yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, zero picks. Doesn't throw a single pick in the in the in the playoffs. So spare me this stuff. I don't. I don't want to hear it. I don't see how in any way, shape, or form Patrick Mahomes is going to regress. Can I be open minded about it? Sure, but that's like I mean, I, it's like somebody telling me in week and in, in year three or four that when Aaron Rodgers is taking over that I think he's going to regress. What has he shown us? Right. It's all about sample size and body of work. Go off of that. Hmm. I don't know what you think about me. I just I don't know how we can go well, off. Yeah, I mean him the fact that Andy Reid is still a coach, he's still gonna be progressing with Andy Reid. When we saw the the amazing picture when the tornado was blasting through town and you see that the his girlfriend posted the picture of him in the basement studying while the tornado's, you know, touching down. It's yeah. just, that's our guy, man. He's yeah. down there while the tornado's going on, the sirens are going off, he's in his basement. 
studying film and studying the playbooks. So, I mean, to me, it only looks like he's going to get better. If his numbers come down, that's that's fine. That, like I said, that's what we kind of want because that means our defense is taking care of their their side of it too. So it's it's I I can't see a negative side of this at nope. all. I just can't see it. And, and so. just a side note, uh, I, I remember several weeks ago we talked about this, and Trevor, you said that you thought that Carlos Hyde was going to be the starting running back. No, I didn't they, say he was going to be a starter. No, I, that you said you thought he wanted you wanted him to be. Is that oh, that, that's what you said, right? Yeah, I, I said he can definitely probably went out in camp, and I, I've definitely changed my mind on that lately. Recently. Yeah, the reason so. why, and I don't even think it's honestly because of Carlos Hyde. And by the way, the Chiefs did announce yesterday that that uh, Damian Williams will yeah. be their starting running they back. Made, they've been pretty adamant now. about it. Yeah, um, a lot can change, but I, I fully expect Damian Williams. This is the reason why. It's not because of Carlos Hyde. Mm. I think Carlos Hyde is a very capable running. He could back. get cut still. I yeah. just think that Damian Williams is one of those like lost treasures. Those guys, diamonds in a rough. I think he's just a really good running back. Yeah. He out dude, he outperformed any expectation he had last season, let alone <laughs> the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, what do you have? Three touchdowns in the I AFC still believe championship? It. I still believe in Daryl Williams, but that's just me. Daryl Williams is a fine running back. I know, back. I know, I know Binkley would agree with me. Oh, yeah, and we got to get Bink back on the show. I, I, Maybe he'll chug a beer on our show. <laughs> but my point is, is Damian Williams has shown me so much in such yeah. a short span of time that I fully anticipate that this guy is going to be a top-tier running back in 2019. Mm. I'm not trying to make predictions again. I know I, did, I said I wasn't going to do that, but I gave my Sammy Watkins uh, predictions last week. But I, I feel so good about Damian Williams. And that's yeah. so crazy coming for me because I thought once we lost Kareem Hunt, it was done. We're going to have to go and draft a running back pretty soon, and we're going to have to go and get a guy. We're going to have to you know, trade for one. No, Damian Williams was – as soon as we got him, I knew there was something special with this guy because from week one, the moment he started playing, the yeah. moment he took over, he looked like he belonged. It was not a fluke. Well, he had he some big like games in Miami too when when uh, Kenyon Drake went down, and I think Frank Gore was there for a little bit. When yeah. Frank Gore went down, he had a couple of really big games. I don't think he's a true running back one. I think he's, I think he's good for this scheme and our system. But I don't think he's some kind of like workhorse. We have so many bodies at running back. I think we're going to implement a lot of guys. I think Carlos Hyde could be the 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 the, the goal line guy, the bruiser back. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, we've seen Damian blast him in too, and I just don't think he's got very good lateral movement as far as like jump cuts and, and speed going. You know, um, laterally. But uh, he's got he's got a great burst when he sees an open hole. Yeah, he's got that that straight line speed where he's fast as shit. Right. So it. That, he's That's why he's going to be used in the slot a lot. And he's, too, a, he's got great hands. Yeah. He can catch the ball really well. But we have so many bodies. I think we're going to implement a lot of bodies and do a lot of throw a lot of different schemes and looks. And and he, I think honestly, this this running core with Carlos yeah. Hyde, Dar- 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 Damian Williams, and Daryl Williams, um, Derwin, and don't leave out Derwin too. I, Dar- Dar- yeah, sure. I, I just don't know enough yeah, about yeah. him yet. I've you heard know, a lot of see, good stuff about him. So yeah, far, we got to so. see him first before I start making predictions about yeah, him. Yeah, My yeah, point yeah. is, we we have we have enough from these three that. With them also, I do think that that's going to give Patrick Mahomes more of a comfortability in playing more complimentary style football at times as well. Mm. When they're in games that are up 28-17 in the third quarter, yeah. Patty's not going to feel like, dude, we got to score three more touchdowns to solidify this win. No, he can say, look, we can run this clock down. We can kill some juice. We're up 11. The defense is going to give us some backing. Damian, here's two straight runs. Or Carlos, here's a toss to the left, you know, a power run. You know, that that's the kind of I think that's when that that's that's the gonna be the change. Mm. So the defense obviously changing is gonna help Patty big time. But I think these running backs with Damian Williams another year in the system, Carlos Hyde being a very good and proven running back in this league, only 28 years old. Um, and hopefully Derwin does do some things because mm. if he does, then that's even greater because that adds just so much more depth to a position we were fearful of not having any yeah. once you know Cream Hunt was cut. So I mean you watch Derwin's tape, he's he's a he reminds me a lot of like Darren Sproles, yeah, kind of guy. I've so. I've heard that comparison as yeah, well. Yeah, he's, a little, he's a little freaking muscle, man. We got we got what was it? Uh, I think it was Eric Bieniemy that was saying that Nicole Hardman reminds him of Chad Johnson. Oh wow, or Chad Ochocinco. 
Wow. At, at tra- yeah, at, at camp or not at camp, but at the mini camp. I don't see that really at all. But well, I guess that's from the coach. So <laughs> I, that's because we haven't seen him. We play. haven't seen a lot he of tape. Sees him every day. Right. So he said that for a reason. Well, there's but that comparison. Their body, their yeah. body styles are yeah. very identical. You know, it's yeah. it's it's a dis- listen. I, I look. I don't care if he reminds them of anybody. If he's just the best McCole Hardman possible, mm. that's what I care about. If you, I mean, the comparisons are fine. I like comparisons. Well, I think John Baldwin was being compared to Randy Moss when he first came <laughs> in the league. So yeah, that went well. So comps are always a uh, kind of just a toss up. I, th- I think I think a friend of mine actually saw John Baldwin one time randomly at a Chipotle with like five women, and it was like after he got cut. So you just know he was down on his dumps if he just chilling at Chipotle with five mm. Britneys. I don't know. It's yeah. <laughs> But it was the, with cinnamon and sugar, him and, and Snoop Menace, and <laughs> some of those guys are just the biggest disappointment. We can we can do a show on that, like biggest disappointments, and you know, honestly, if Patrick Mahomes was never a part of Kansas City, that might be a show we would do, like just <laughs> most miserable draft picks of all time, because the Chiefs have plenty of yeah, them. Yeah, we got a long list. Um, but yeah, th- like I said, anybody that's either listening that's hearing any of this shit about you know Patty's going to regress, things like that, like look, I get that it's 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 something that we talk about. It's something we just got done talking about, but at the same time. Take it for what it's worth. Understand what time of the year it is. Understand this guy just came off an MVP season and arguably the greatest season we've seen since 20. Well, it is the greatest season we've seen since 2013. Got the Madden cover. Got the Madden cover. Has all the hype, all the juice. He's got a, a talented team around him, a great coaching staff that's been retained and if not upgraded. And I think that we have to just give him the respect and honor of knowing that this guy has proven himself already at 23 years old. So mm-hmm. for me, don't worry about it. I'm not going to worry about it. It's going to be a great time. We got Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. He's going to be here for a long time, and I see multiple Super Bowls in our very near future. So I'll leave it at that. When we get back, um, our guy Eddie Ortiz is going to fill in some cracks. So be ready for that. So we'll get back to that after this. Located in the historic Westport District, Modern Man Supply Company is your Kansas City's new home for men's retail. From apparel to palmade and home goods to beard care, They offer a wide range of men's products from independent companies from around the world. Follow them at Modern Man Supply Company on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Midcoast Modern is a Kansas City focus on modern handmade and small brands. A resource for design-centric home goods, apparel, jewelry, artwork, and limited edition gifts. We support makers, artists from the Midcoast and bring in goods from makers, artists around the U.S. to offer a unique selection. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number three. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KC Beard Co. Studios with my guys, Eddie Ortiz and Trevor Twidwell. What's going on? Okay, so we've knocked out the NBA Finals. We've talked of Chiefs football and Patrick Mahomes and some side notes about the Chiefs at this current time going into June. Now it's time for our guy, Eddie Ortiz, to fill in some cracks. So, Eddie, go ahead and fill them, brother. All right. Let's get started with the Europa League. Uh, we had the U- UEFA Europa League. We had that played Wednesday at 2 o'clock here in Kansas City time. Uh, what a game. What a showing by Chelsea. Uh, obviously, not a lot of people expected that. I was one of them. Huge Chelsea supporter, but I know we tend to choke in uh, serious, serious matches. Uh, and that was one of those serious games uh, that, obviously, we all – Wanted uh, wanted to win, but we we kind of knew that it might not happen. Uh, knowing the way Arsenal was playing, which they were playing better football than us, so by by what the score showed, it, it was shocking. It was a four to one victory to Chelsea. It was it was obviously shocking to to see that kind of score in a final. Uh, but what a what a what a way to uh, send uh, Eden Hazard away. 
that was uh, poetic, if you if you can say. Uh, we all know. Uh, supposedly, within the next week, it will become official that uh, Hazard will be joining Real Madrid for next next year uh, and the years to come. That's that's what the rumor has, and and he obviously when he got interviewed right after the game, he said he believes this is goodbye. So. He gave he gave Chelsea one last title before he left, which I I think it was really poetic and and I think for him to leave that way, it's kind of like when uh, Ray Lewis retired with the the Ravens and gave him that title. So it's kind of the same way. So seeing seeing him leave after seven seasons, great great seasons with Chelsea, it's, it's going to be painful. But I, I think it's time it's time in his career to take that next step because if he didn't. It, it was just not gonna. It was. It was never gonna happen. So mm. I, I think it's time for him for him to make that change. And Real Madrid needing that that star player at this moment. It, it was just the right move. Uh, and uh, other thing I want to talk about is uh, there is a rumor going around in Formula One of Sebastian Vettel retiring after this season. Uh, how true is this report? Or or all that stuff, we don't know yet. Um, I was reading a lot of, obviously, Formula One uh, kind of sources, and they they believe they they strongly they strongly believe that this will be his last season uh, in Formula One. Uh, why? How? When? Uh, maybe just because he can't get close to the title. I, I think that has that has something to do with. Uh, he he's been trying for for the for several years, obviously since he left Red Bull in what was it 2013 around that time, he he hasn't been that close to the championship. Uh, he was close last year, but I mean still, he was like 50 something points away from actually winning the championship. So those are crazy news for me, being a Ferrari fan uh, and hearing that your your top driver is it's probably hanging up. You know the steering wheel, right? <laughs> they actually hang up the steering wheel. Not not the boots, but uh, the steering. Wheel. <laughs> <laughs> they actually detach the steering wheel. And, like, no, they actually on the wall. do detach the steering oh, wheel. That's in legit. To, in order to get in and get out of the, I might start watching car. Ferrari race, yeah, racing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, hang up the steering wheel. So that that's that's kind of sad. Uh, hopefully, it, it doesn't happen. Hopefully, we see him uh, for another years to come. I mean, he's 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 in his uh, early thirties, if I'm not mistaken, thirty two maybe. Uh, so. Hopefully that doesn't happen. And obviously we got Champions League tomorrow. Uh, who's going to win? <laughs> Hopefully Liverpool. But as we saw Wednesday, Chelsea took that dramatic win when a lot of people didn't. I'm didn't sure think. you were so mad about that. Oh, I cried. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, you, you had the lady uh, buy, the, buy the hat from you across the pond. You're not even wearing it right now. Your Chelsea oh, it's, hat. It's in the car. That's unbelievable, man. It's, it's going to be. I've been, uh, telling, I've been telling Eddie he looks like that dad, like waiting at the end of an amusement park for his kids, like when he wears that hat. Son, son, Toby, hey, get over don't here. Don't run, Gareth. I'm don't run, Claude. That, that makes me proud. Then Bartleby, you start like doing the. Like I said, yeah, you start then, doing the. I'm not going to tell you again, let's Ron. Go now, Ron, I'm not going to tell you again. Don't run. I'm telling your. You're mother. not getting a funnel cake now. <laughs> Go to your mom. <laughs> that, that is that is it for me. That's... All right, Eddie Ortiz with yeah. in the Crabs. Good job, buddy. My cracks are filled. All right. <laughs> he always he always fills the cracks so yes. well. He fills them. All right, guys. It is time for the fa- our favorite segment of the day. What is it, fellas? Hold, Hold this L. L. It's time to. 
I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. <laughs> Le him, the her. I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L L Cool J stuff. Hold that L. <laughs> Good God, man. Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, pulsating L. Man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant bastard. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, hold Sorry. this L. Hold this L, brought to you by Casey Beard Company. Over the last five years, they've been handcrafting beard and skin care products in Kansas City, giving you everything you need to take care of your beard and skin on a daily basis with 100% organic ingredients. Visit caseybeardco.com today. All right, guys, let's get right to it. Ooh. Eddie, who is holding your L on this lovely Friday? Oh, man. Uh, what was it? I want to say about 10 episodes ago, I gave I gave Lance, Lance the L. It was that I, many ago? No, I don't know. Oh, I was going to say, holy <laughs> shit, it feels like it was like three or four. I'm just guessing, but okay, I, I gave Lance the L, and, and I think this time I'm going to give myself the L. Oh. You're so yeah. humble. Oh. I know. I'm, I'm holding it with This uh, is history, guys. This is spoken you're podcast. Throwing, you're history. throwing yourself on the grenade like a true I was, soldier. I was talking to Lance uh, the other day, and I was telling him, it was like, every prediction of any, every game I've made so far <laughs> – has been wrong. <laughs> so so maybe you shouldn't buy a lottery ticket. So exactly. <laughs> buy it for someone else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let somebody else buy it. Yeah, so I, it started what with the uh, OKC Thunder and, and pretty much with the NBA playoff predictions. Mm. It, it all started in every single team I've picked so far has, has lost. Even with the Chelsea Arsenal, who won? Chelsea, and I picked Arsenal. So – Obviously, by me picking Liverpool, hopefully that doesn't jinx them. Uh, knock on wood, right. um, and Tottenham pulls it out. But hopefully that doesn't happen. So, you know what? I, I am gonna hold this L with pride and honor. And <laughs> you know what, Eddie, hold, hold this, this L. L. That is that is history. We ever had somebody <laughs> give themselves the L? That's yeah. uh that's, so that's very humble. honorable. So humble. <laughs> it makes sense. The military guy on our show is the one drop dropping on the grenade for it. That's great, man. <laughs> I want to thank my mom. I want to thank my dad. <laughs> great, great job, Showtime. That's awesome, man. Well, Trevor, admitting you suck is is, is yeah, a that's, good a, step. that's a first step. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I think I think you're on your way, Eddie. I think you're definitely you're, you're, on your way. You're, you're, fired. Be, you're fired. I'll be up there. I'll be with uh, Skip here uh, pretty shortly. Hopefully, I, I was hoping we never brought that jackasses <laughs> cap on the Centurion. show. Yeah. All right, Trevor, who's holding the L? Uh, my my L is going to the MLB. Um. I don't know if you guys saw yesterday the Astros Cubs game. Yeah. Um, outfielder Albert Almara Jr. Uh, was up to bat, and he, uh, as we've seen this time and time again with with uh, the MLB, just in denial of changing things and accepting change, um, which has kind of been the the track record of the MLB for a long time now. Um, but yeah, Albert Almara Almara Jr. hit a, a foul ball. And you can automatically see the grimace on his face and a lot of the fans as the foul ball lasered to his left and nailed a three-year-old little girl in the face. Um, it was just sad, man. It's just sad that the, the league – I mean, how, I don't know how many times we have to see. I mean, just – what? I think last year we had a guy go blind by taking a ball to the face. Um, we had a woman die this, last, this, this past August. Um, due to complications from the trauma of being hit in the, in the head, she was an elderly woman, but still, um, what what is it going to take for the league to to accept the fact that they need to extend the nets, you know, from the, from the the foul poles 
to the, you know, the batter box there. Um, it's just, it's, it's frustrating, man. As, as a fan, I'm not the biggest MLB fan, but I do watch from time to time. And I do, I love and appreciate the game. Um, but progression, man, you got to progress. You got to, you got to make the proper changes with, you know, with the times, with the dangers. I mean, I heard some people saying, oh, that's why you shouldn't have, you know, a child down there that low. Man, if you're, if you're paying for good seats, you want to go enjoy the game, watch the game up there with your family. It's not your fault as a fan that you're, you're in a danger risk. I know when you buy the tickets, you know what you're getting yourself into, but you should never have to question your safety paying for tickets that much, especially that close. Those are expensive tickets, especially at Wrigley Field yeah. or in you know the Astrodome or whatever, or the Astro Stadium. It's just frustrating, man, as a, as a, as a fan, knowing that that can still happen. You know, I know we've had issues with hockey pucks and stuff like that, and and, and you know, in hockey, but it's not nearly as much as we see with baseball. This happens every single year. There's always an injury, but now it's a three-year-old child that has facial fractures and was damn near unconscious when they, you know, rush her to the hospital, leaving the game. So I just don't know what it's going to take. They got to They obviously have to to take the. I mean, what what is the next? Does someone have to die instantly? Well, when they take a hit from a foul ball, I don't know what it takes. I mean, those those foul balls are going eighty to hundred miles an hour flying into a, a crowd of, of people so um yeah the mlb man it's it's it's, it's a bad look um you can't be having fans uh in danger like that of your games especially if you're wanting to get attendance up it doesn't make much sense it's kind of counterproductive so with that uh yeah the mlb you can uh hold, hold this hell um i agree with you 100 real quick um something i'm really i i'm getting so pissed off when i'm hearing too even from local guys right. that are Opening the opening up their trap without thinking is when they're saying, "Well, maybe you should not be on your phone. Maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you should bring a, a glove with you." Bullshit, listen, dude. listen. That ball is coming off that bat at 110 miles. You have an no hour. time to react. No one has the time to react to that properly. You're not going to be able to trace that ball that's coming at you that with that speed and that kind of movement off that bat, especially a three year old. Right. Spare me that shit. Yeah. I don't want to hear nobody. When was the last time you saw a guy catch a line drive with his glove? Mm. in the stands that right. doesn't happen they catch pop flies they get out of the way on the on the on the line drive and i mean the the, the, the heart-wrenching part of it all i know this is kind of like a dark l to hold but like the, the you can even see in 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 albert's face the batter as soon as he did that oh, man, he, he took his helmet off and he took a knee he was bawling his eyes out in the yeah. dugout because he knew i mean that could alter that girl's life. Her face might not, her construction of her face might not ever be the same again. It's like the lady back her in, I face think it was like, 06. Her cheek was like shattered. I man, think it was 06, so. 04, 06 with Tony Graffanino in Kansas City mm. when he hit that liner right off the lady's face. And yeah. She had her entire face redone. Like it's plastic surgery. Dude, that's life altering. You shouldn't have to go to yeah. a baseball game and, and, and be at risk that. of that. Yeah, that's you bullshit. Should, you shouldn't have to worry about that. I agree. That, right. I've been saying that for years. They, sh- I don't know why they haven't had the netting all the way down to the, to the, uh, the foul poles. I, right. I don't get it. Um, it, it, the ball that the, the way that ball is coming off that bat, it's literally a killer. It can yeah, literally kill. Absolutely. People. It has killed people. Yeah, so, just, yeah, uh, it was a good one, Trevor. Um, I'm actually going to lighten up the mood a little bit. Um, <laughs> uh, but that was, that was fine. I get it. Uh, but I'm going to give this, I'm, I'm going to talk about it for a second because I think this one is very deserving. It's been brewing for a couple of years now. Um, the Houston Rockets have been building for quite, quite some time and they've been very obvious and very, uh, up front about what their approach was and what their intentions were and how they said that they are quote obsessed with the warriors and it hasn't worked out. Mm. Um, there's been numerous reports now saying that uh, Chris Paul <laughs> and James Harden are available for trade and Clint Capella. 
do I believe they're going to trade James Harden? No, but no. I do definitely think they are looking seriously at trading Chris Paul. I just don't know if anybody's going to be willing to pick up a 34, 34th, soon to be 35 year old player, kind point of a, guard, undersized kind of a point nuisance guard too. with that kind of contract. I don't know if you, yeah. I don't know if you're going to pick up that kind of contract with right. that uh, attached to it. But this L is actually going to go to their general manager, general manager Daryl Morey. Mm. And the reason why I originally I was going to give it to Chris Paul or James Harden, but I thought that was just too easy. And honestly, it's it's not accurate. Because Daryl Morey is the one that put this team together. He's the one that traded for Chris Paul, or he's the one that even traded for James Harden originally, traded for Chris Paul and extended both of them. Not that that was a wrong move huh. in, a, in a sense. He tried. He tried, right. but it failed. And he said himself that he's obsessed with the Warriors and beating them. And it did not happen. It simply did not happen. And this year, more than anything, you you piece together these, t- these players, you're taking a severe risk. And what he risked was... I don't think this fan base is going to believe in him anymore because of the fact that you saw Chris Paul and James Harden not only not work, but they're at odds. That's the biggest problem. It'd be one thing if they're just it's if something's just not cohesive. They're literally at each other's throats now. They're fighting after game six. Mm. You know, there's, there's, and Chris Paul's had this problem for a long time. Chris Super Paul's talented a player, bag, but he is a douche. Yes. Is. And, and I don't know James Harden enough. I don't know his personality enough, but I can't imagine that, you know, he, he's, a guy out there that's trying to, you know, patch it up with Chris Paul. You know yeah. what I mean? I, that's that's my point. So Daryl Morey is the one that this all starts and ends with because he's the one that put this team together. And where they go now, I mean, it's an act of sheer desperation because no one's going to just give them anything. I don't. Yeah. Know, I don't think a lot of players just want to go to Houston. Either. Right, and that's the so thing. So attractive... it's a big market. It is yeah. a big market. Yeah, and it's a hell of a fan base. They still have a good head coach. They have a good, you know, like I said, a good fan base. Um, uh, James Harden stays. You can always have yourself a chance at winning. But he's shown himself numerous times he's just not what James Harden is in the regular season when it comes to the playoffs. So, Daryl Morey, go ahead and do me a favor and hold this L. L. Thank you so much. Um, Before we get out of here, guys, I actually wanted to uh, let you guys know something because uh, Trevor and I and Eddie and I have actually been talking about this for a few weeks and we wanted to approach you guys about it now. Um, Now that we have reached um, episode 15, we thought it would be a good time to bring it up. Um, This is something that we definitely love doing, and there's no question about it, and that's why we do it. That's why we started this, because we love it. We love talking sports. We love continuing to talk sports, and we love that you guys enjoy it. Um, at the same time, though, uh, we're not too proud to admit that we need a little support when it comes to continuing this. Um, we're not saying we're going to close it down if no one helps us, but it does help when there is help, if that makes sense. So what we decided, and we've talked about it, and um, we're, we've decided that we think as a show we're going to start up a Patreon for the show, just a small amount of support. We're not asking for $100 a month or anything like that. That's ridiculous. We're not, quite frankly, talented enough to do that. But we feel like we've reached a place now where we have enough of a following to where we can say, hey, look, if you want to support what we're doing here and help us continue to grow, that would be amazing. Even if it's just a dollar a month, we can definitely do that. So we're going to set that Patreon up this week, and we'll have it sent out to you guys on our Facebook and Twitter pages. And uh, like I said, any any amount of support you guys want to hand our way, that'd be great. We, we appreciate it. It's very humbling for us that you guys take the time to listen mm. and that you want to be a part of this. And if you want to do that, even more so, thank you so much, guys. And we'll give you shout-outs on the show as well if that's something that you guys would be into. Yeah, and well, and well, and too, with, with Patreon, I think once we get that set up, if if any of you guys, you know, obviously just go on, on the, the Spoken Facebook group and comment, you know, if there's anything like extra for the Patreons that you guys want us to do, like maybe an extra segment or like a Q&A, if you guys want to like hear your questions, you know, on air, we can answer some of your questions, you know, we'll, we'll throw you out there by name, just kind of make it a little more personable for the people that do support us. 
Um, that's definitely something that we would love Absolutely. and appreciate if you guys. So Absolutely. So that, like I said, guys, that's something we just wanted to talk about. We wanted to reach a certain milestone before we started saying stuff like that. We didn't yeah. want you guys to think that, that was what we were after because it's really not. But I mean, it is our time. It's, you know, we're yes. taking time out of our lives. You know, obviously, we obviously love doing it. But right. We study for this. Yeah. We, we want to give you guys the best product available. So with that, you know, like I said, we just feel like this was, this was the right time to, to approach you guys with it. And we appreciate your guys' support uh, at any magnitude that you support us. So in that, just something to think about. We're going to start that up this week. Like I said, we'll be sending that out on our Facebook and uh, uh, Twitter pages. And uh, we'll go from there. So in that, guys, for Eddie Ortiz, for Trevor Twidwell, I am Lance Twidwell here inside the Kansas uh, Casey Beardco Studios with episode 15. Thank you so much for taking your time to listen to us. And until next time, we out. See Later. ya. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned in to the Spoken. I might actually stick I might actually stick around for a little bit.